Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. What's going on, boys and girls? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we've got another amazing episode for you. Um, but first, Eric, how has the week been for you? The week's been pretty good. Uh, I'm actually, this is my second day of the weekend. So go back to work. Uh, every Monday, I go back to work. So it's... Or, I'm confusing myself now <laughs> because on the way I'm thinking the weekend, but it's like, here's your other weekend. So my weekends are Monday and Tuesday and I confuse myself cause like, well, we're recording. So does that matter? But the, yeah. the way I said it was <laughs> my last weekend. So like, yeah, it's everybody's last weekend. Jackass Sunday. <laughs> uh, but my days off are Monday, Tuesday and we record Tuesday night. So it's kind of like already setting me up for, the start of the week it's kind of like it's not a bad thing kind of like no yeah after a weekend of like oh, i don't want to go work and then you get online and just kind of relax well luckily for you you pretty much work for yourself for the most part so yeah but i mean that does make it easier because i was actually looking at some other like jobs online and the more i looked at them the more my anxiety just <laughs> skyrocketed i was like <laughs> i can't i can't do it i don't want to work for somebody <laughs> well my work my week's been pretty good i've actually gotten back into to writing in the mornings again so i'm shooting for for at least 15 minutes every morning um hopefully half hour if if i keep going the way i'm going so yeah i'm excited for that but so this week we are talking about um something that we've never really discussed on any of the podcasts we've ever done. Um, we try not to get into conspiracy theories as, as little as possible, just because there's way too many out there. But uh, today we're going to talk about the, the JFK assassination. Um, and what sparked this for me, just like pretty much anything else that I start getting hung up on was, I listened to Stephen King's 1122 60, 1963 or 63. Um, and it's about the, the, the JFK assassination. And I'll get into what he had personally said at the end of the audiobook because it was kind of really interesting. But the book is about a guy who goes, somehow goes back in time. Um, an older gentleman gives him the task of stopping the JFK assassination. I won't go into full detail and ruin it for everybody, but um, the the moral of the story is basically don't mess with history. So 
With that being said, if you don't know what the JFK assassination is, um, in 1963, President John F. Kennedy and his political advisors were preparing for the next presidential campaign. Although he had not formally announced his candidacy, it was clear that President Kennedy was going to run, and he seemed confident about his chances for re-election. At the end of September, the president traveled west, speaking in nine different states, in less than a week. The trip was meant to, to put a spotlight on natural resources and conservation efforts, but JFK also used to sound out used it to sound out themes such as education, national security, and world peace for his run in 1964. A month later, the president addressed Democratic gatherings in Boston and Philadelphia. Then, in on November 12th, he held the first important political planning session for the upcoming election year. At the meeting, JFK stressed the importance of winning Florida and Texas and talked about his plans to visit both states in the next two weeks. Mrs. Kennedy would accompany him on the swing through Texas, which would be her first extended public appearance since the loss of their baby Patrick Excuse me, in August. On November 21st, the president and the first lady departed on Air Force One for the two-day five-city tour of Texas. President Kennedy was aware that a feud among party leaders in Texas could jeopardize his chances of carrying the state in 1964, and one of his aims for the trip was to bring Democrats together. He also knew that a relatively small but vocal group of extremists were contributing to the political tensions in Texas and would likely make it its presence felt, particularly in Dallas, where U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Adlai Stevenson had been physically attacked a month earlier after making a speech there. Nonetheless, JFK seemed to relish the prospect of leaving Washington, getting out among the people and into the political fray. The first stop was San Antonio, Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson, Governor John B. Connolly, and Senator Ralph W. Yarborough led the welcoming party. They accompanied the president to Brooks Air Force Base for the dedication of the Aerospace Medical Health Center. Continuing on to Houston, he addressed the League of United Latin American Citizens and spoke at a testimonial dinner of Congressman Albert Thomas before ending the day in Fort Worth. In the morning in Fort Worth, a light rain was falling on Friday morning, November 22nd, but a crowd of several thousand stood in the parking lot outside the Texas hotel where the Kennedys had spent the night. A platform was set up, and the president, wearing no protection against the weather, came out to make some brief remarks. There are no faint hearts in Fort Worth, he began, and I appreciate your being here in the morning, or this morning. Mrs. Kennedy is organizing herself. It takes longer, but of course she looks better than we do when she's when she does. We went on he went on to talk about the nation's need for being second to none in defense and in space, for continued growth in the economy and the willingness of citizens of the United States to assume the burdens of leadership. He then went to Dallas and in Dallas, he was in a motorcade uh, going, um, oh gosh, where is it? Sorry, I was reading part of this article. Um, he, he was going down in the motorcade, and in that brief time, he was in 
Dallas. It wasn't very long. He had landed, and they went straight to the motorcade. He was shot in the head and died shortly after. Now, what's interesting is the conspiracy theories that have come from this from years and years and years. Um, the man that was convicted for his assassination was Lee Harvey Oswald, who was a defector of the U.S. He had defected to Russia, got kind of deported, sort of, but also it was all his own um, free will that he came back. It wasn't, he was like really deported, but they were pushing that he no longer live in Russia. Then he started supporting Cuba and JFK was absolutely against Cuba because of the, the Fidel Castro and everything that was going on with that. And so with that, he had decided to kill JFK. Now, before we get into any of the conspiracy theories, had you really heard a whole lot of conspiracy theories before we started doing research for this episode? Um, not really. You know, maybe one or two in, in you know, like way back uh, in school. And then, of course, uh, over the following years here. But I never really did much like research into it, I, to, to be completely honest. Even it's something we've covered in, you know, American history. Didn't really need to look it up, you know, in my 20s and 30s. Um, but yeah, no, some of these were kind of wild, uh, you know, reading through the conspiracies. And they range from, you know, all, I mean, all kinds of different things you can imagine. Just from your normal, you know, conspiracy of who did it to the odd of what did it, you know, is just kind of insane. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you had looked at, you might've came across the same articles I did. So I came across 10 crazy JFK conspiracy theories and five J, uh, JFK conspiracy theories that are still believed to this day. So okay. I figured we could start with the crazy ones. Um, and this is, Rating from 10 to 1. 1 is the the most out there one that I have ever come across. I hadn't even heard it before. But number 10. It was an accident. Author Boner Menninger believes Oswald fired on JFK and a Secret Service agent fired back with a Colt AR-15 high-velocity rifle. As the theory goes, the officer lost his balance when the car suddenly braked and he accidentally discharged his weapon, killing the U.S. president. There was no eyewitnesses or evidence to back up this theory. However, none of the secret service agents or president aides reported a bullet whizzing past either. But that didn't stop Menninger from publicly, or I'm sorry, publishing a book outlining his theory. Number nine. Do you know who the Umbrella Man is? I do. Well, I do now. Now, after our research, I had <laughs> no clue prior to research. Had you not um, watched Umbrella Academy? No, I did not. Okay. Um, but I do so, recall, like you know, seeing photos and stuff of the quote unquote oh, right. Man. But it was right. never in my mind a conspiracy. It was just so random. Like I never <laughs> knew there's if there was a heading that said Umbrella Man, I didn't see it. So right. Well, it made an appearance in in Umbrella Academy, um, and, and 
I forget what number he was, but he was the one that could jump through time and he was poised to um stop the the JFK assassination. I, I think it was in season two. Um so some pin JFK's murder on a man standing under a black umbrella on November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, by all accounts a sunny day. It must have been a signal, if not the murder weapon. The theory is so popular Oliver Stone fingered him in JFK and he appears in Umbrella Academy. Unfortunately, Umbrella Man Louis Stephen Witt, they actually know who this person is, said it was a protest at the appeasement policies of Joseph P. Kennedy when he was an ambassador to the court of St. James and a reference to British PM Neville Cham- uh, Chamberlain's umbrella and appeasement of Hitler and the Nazis. Not sure. It, it doesn't go into detail about all of that theory, but or or explanation, but interesting. Number eight, the Coca-Cola conspiracy. Shooter Lee Harvey Oswald was a Dr. Pepper fan, and he and we know that as fact because even Oswald's favorite beverage is part of the intrigue. In Conspiracy of One, author Jim Moore sets out a theory that Oswald acted alone because after the assassination, Oswald was seen in the Texas School Book Depository drinking Coca-Cola instead of his beloved Dr. Pepper. Moore believes there can only be one realistic explanation. Oswald must have shot the president and chose the wrong soft drink from the vending machine because he was nervous. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, personally, I would have made the same mistake if I just killed the president, I guess. I don't know. Number seven, Woody Harrelson's dad was supposedly involved. Um, The man on the grassy knoll claims Harrelson Sr., that's the name of a book, by the way, the title of a book, uh, was one of two gunmen, and that he was later arrested dressed as a tramp in uh, Dealey Plaza. Dallas police eventually named three other men as the tramps. In 1968, Harrelson Sr. was convicted of murdering a businessman in a contract hit in South Texas, however. Number six, the Better Call Saul theory. In an appointment in Dallas, police officer Hugh McDonald blames the Soviets for contracting Saul, a rogue CIA agent and assassin, to kill JFK. Apparently, McDonald freelanced for the CIA and met Saul at the agency's HQ. He later tracked down Saul to obtain a confession, but not, it appears, an arrest warrant. Saul apparently shot JFK from a building across the street from Oswald's perch in the Texas School Book Depository. If true, did Saul conspire with Oswald, or did two men just happen to assassinate the president at the same time? Now, this theory, I would say, is not so crazy because there there was talk of JFK being shot in the throat first because when he... Mm-hmm was riding, he goes down clutching his throat before the kill shot to the head. Right. Now, whether this was a rogue CIA agent 
if there was something else involved, who knows? But there that there's that theory there. And I have heard the 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 two gunman theory, the five gunman theory. There's so many theories out there. Um, but that one makes a little bit of sense. Number five, the black dog man theory. In the killing of a president, Robert Groden argues that a black dog man figure can be seen in a pyracantha bush in frame 413 of the Zapruder film. The problem with that theory is that the House Select Committee on Assassinations concluded that an individual was in front of the bushes, not behind them. Bill Miller argues that the man is actually the groundskeeper, Emmett Hudson. No one's ruled out the black doggy yet, however. Number four, Oswald's Mexican trip. Oswald's visit to Mexico before Kennedy's death may have been to finalize assassination plans and plot his escape. Oswald visited the Cuban and Russian embassies on his six-day trip. Three of those days may have been spent with pro-Castro groups seemingly confirmed by journalist Oscar Contreras Lartiga. The the conversation, sorry, that's a title, however, believes the journalist lived lived far away at this time, however, and wasn't in position to know who Oswald was. Number three, the CIA was involved. When America's most trusted broadcaster, Walter Cronkite, announced JFK's death, the world was in shock. However, remember, or I'm sorry, everyone remembered what they were doing at that moment, but was what exactly was the CIA doing? Dave Perry, a former insurance claims adjuster who has been digging through JFK assassination records since 1976, pointed out that the CIA may have had Oswald on the payroll or overheard Oswald plotting with the Soviets at their Russian embassy in Mexico. Does he have any proof, though? No. Number two, the Illuminati did it. As the conspiracy theory goes, JFK delegated presidential power to issue silver certificates to the Treasury, which threatened the power of the Illuminati-controlled Federal Reserve. In fact, Kennedy signed an executive order to do the opposite, intending to phase out silver certificates in favor of Federal Reserve notes. But why ruin a good conspiracy with facts? Number one, aliens did it. Milton William Cooper, a former U.S. radio personality, author, and gun rights advocate, spread the news about Project Luna, a secret alien base on the dark side of the moon, which we have kind of talked about on Paratruth Radio. Furthermore, he promoted the conspiracy theory that JFK was assassinated by a gas pressure device that aliens supplied to the driver of the presidential limo because JFK was about to expose Washington alien collusion. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the most obvious of them. That has to be the truth. That aliens did it? We solved it. We we (laughs) read an article and solved it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I've I've heard so many different theories. The alien one is is new to me. 
Um, I have heard that there was the thought that the Secret Service man in front in the in the front of of JFK um, had pulled the trigger because um, Mrs. Kennedy, Jackie Onassis, is seen trying to flee away from the scene as Kennedy is going down, clutching his throat, which I don't remember it that way. I remember her trying to console him and she starts trying to get away as his head is shot. And in my mind, that theory doesn't make any sense because anybody would be trying to flee away from their dead husband who, whose head just exploded. Unless there's some sickos out there that wouldn't. I don't know. Um, there is the, the whole grassy knoll theory. Now, uh, this one came from uh, the Warren Commission in 1964 that concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and that Jack Ruby also acted alone when he killed Oswald two days later. But most people don't seem to accept this assassination was the work of a lone gunman. Uh, the House of Representatives may be partially to blame for this enduring conspiracy theory. In 1976, the Select Committee on Assassinations, which reinvestigated JFK's killing, as well as Martin Luther King's, concluded that there was probably a second shooter on the grassy knoll, a hill overlooking the site where Kennedy was assassinated in his motorcade. In 1982, yet another committee examined the evidence the National Academy of Sciences Committee on Ballistic Acoustics found that reliable acoustic data do not support a conclusion that there was a second gunman. But the theory still lives on. Again, the Umbrella Man. Um, this is in the five JFK conspiracy theories that still kind of stand today. Um, and we've kind of already gone over that, but he showed up in both of these articles. It was a mob hit, which I have actually heard before. Uh, the Kennedys were no stranger to organized crime. In fact, some believe that the mafia helped JFK steal the election in 1960 by securing votes in the key state of Illinois. However, another conspiracy theory has the political dynasty at odds with the mob. This theory hinges on the fact that Kennedy was unsuccessful in overthrowing Fidel Castro in Cuba, meaning the mafia-run casinos remained shut down, and that his brother, Robert Kennedy, was cracking down on the mob in his role as Attorney General pursuing a case against Jimmy Hoffa. Robert Kennedy had a fear that he had somehow gotten his own brother killed, according to biographer uh, Evan Thomas. That Robert Kennedy's attempts to prosecute the mob and kill Castro had backfired in some terrible way, had blown back, as the intelligence folks say, Bobby thought that he'd be killed, not his brother, and now he has his daunting, this daunting, horrible realization or fear that all of his attempts to get the mob and to get Castro have in some terrible way blown up and come back to haunt his family. And as a result, in the death of his brother. The government did it. Uh... I think we've kind of all heard this theory um, and, and I kind of already went into it that the CIA was involved and this and that um, uh, there are, 
was a theory that um, LBJ had a hand in it because he did he wanted to go to um, Korea and Kennedy did not. So the last one I've got is uh, Ted Cruz's father was somehow involved. This is a relatively new one during the 2016 presidential election. Then-candidate Trump implied that his fellow Republican candidate, Ted Cruz's father, was a known associate of Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, even after he beat Cruz out of the nomination, Trump kept calling attention to his claim. All I did is point out the fact that on the cover of the National Enquirer, there's a picture of him Rafael Cruz and Cruz, uh, crazy Lee Harvey Oswald having breakfast, Trump said, while giving remarks in Cleveland, Ohio. As for why Donald Trump references the National Enquirer as a reputable news source, well, it might have something to do with the fact that Trump's good friend David Pecker owns the tabloid. And as the president, this was a magazine that, frankly, in many respects, should be very respected. They got OJ, they got John Edwards. They got this. I mean, if that was the New York Times, they would have gotten a Pulitzer, or I'm sorry, Pulitzer Prizes for their reporting. And he was talking, of course, about the National Enquirer. Mm-hmm. So, out of all of those theories, are there any theories that you came across that I didn't talk about? No, man. I think you pretty much covered all of them. Um, <clears throat> one, one thing I did want to to mention because you you talked about uh, all of these different conspiracy theories, uh, which were roughly 15 or 16 total. I think there were a couple more that I I didn't read from an article. I'm just remembering. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, there were quite a few there, but that can't possibly be all the conspiracies. Because according to the Washington post, there was yet another author who estimated that that the conspiracy theories, uh, or sorry, that the conspiracy theorists have accused 42 groups, 82 assassins, and 214 people by name of being involved in the assassination. That was according to a 2013 poll in which no less than 62% of Americans uh, certainly believe that there was a broader plot beyond just Lee Harvey Oswald uh, on the sixth floor thing. The interesting thing about this is a lot of these conspiracy theories, if maybe not all, came from Lee Harvey Oswald saying he was a patsy, mm-hmm. meaning he didn't do it. Um, and I don't know. We unfortunately, unless like in 11-22-63, we were able to go back in time and see it, Nobody's going to know for sure. Um, Right. But at the end of this audiobook, Stephen King um, gives his his conclusion because he had done a ton of research for this book. Um, Apparently, he was going to release it in 1976, but the, the wound was still fresh from JFK's murder and all the facts had not been 
concluded before he released it, so he decided to hold off and then released it later on. With that being said, Stephen King says in his monologue at the end that he feels that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman because of all the research that he did. There was nothing to point at anything other than Lee Harvey Oswald. And Jack Ruby killed Lee Harvey Oswald because he had voted for JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald had killed his, uh, uh, direct quote, president. So it's interesting that, um, and I mean, everybody knows Stephen King is, is odd. If you've read any of his books, I mean, you would you would have to be odd to to have written so many different horror or or very odd uh, books. Um, and I think a lot of writers are. I mean, you have to be to make up stories. Um, but he he had also said, you know. To, to the dismay of every conspiracy theory theorist out there, including his wife, who believed that it was a conspiracy against JFK, he had to conclude that it was only one person. So it, it was interesting to hear that because I, I've hear the, heard the conspiracy theories for years now, and, and it's just interesting to hear somebody who says, no, it was, it was Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, but we're going to go to break, um, and, and then in post, we'll kind of talk about our thoughts on, on any of those conspiracy theories. All right, folks, um, we're going to go to a quick break. You'll hear Eric's running of fact of the day, a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that putting sugar on a cut will make it heal faster? According to BBC.com, to treat a wound with sugar, all you do, Miranda says, is pour the sugar on the wound and apply a bandage on top. The granules soak up any moisture that allows bacteria to thrive. Without the bacteria, the wound heals more quickly. And according to LiveScience.com, just a spoonful of sugar not only makes medicine easier to swallow, but it might also increase its potency, according to a new study. The results show sugar can make certain antibiotics more effective at wiping out bacterial infections. This was Eric's random fact of the day. Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on... Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratooth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we have been discussing... Well, this has mostly been a one-man show on Justin's <laughs> side. <laughs> so he has been sharing or telling everybody <laughs> about the conspiracy theories revolved around the JFK assassination. Uh, and this was, of course, inspired uh, by what was the book? Because this, no, I'm surprised, by the way, real quick here. Because, well, first, what's the name of the book again? 112263 and it's actually okay. getting kind of like a mini series on Amazon I think. It is. Yeah, I Yeah, I think it is Amazon. Um anyway, that book you started what, like roughly has it been 2 or 3 weeks now since since I left. Um you, you know. I I think it's been close to 3 weeks, yeah. Close to 3 weeks. Okay. We so you started that like the morning we left because I was supposed to read it with you guys and I was still caught up on it, which brings me back to this because within three weeks, I'm assuming it was less than that though. You finished the entire book. Oh, I finished the entire book almost all the way to West Virginia. <laughs> oh, so you had all that free time. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I, I finished it, finished it to South Dakota because it, it was um it is a little bit slower book and and Shelly wasn't getting into it and I was starting to to lose a little bit of interest but I wanted to finish it because it it was interesting it's just with Stephen King's books um they are very long there he goes into great detail which is excellent mm-hmm. but um it it was just odd too because whenever you get a guy trying to play both sexes voices it kind of loses its luster a little bit too because especially this yeah, guy kind of he had weird, a little bit isn't it yeah like like if a woman <laughs> pretends to be a guy on an audiobook i'm like yeah okay but if a guy <laughs> tries to be a girl i'm like well oh, what well especially because in this book one of the the female characters comes to orgasm and he he does it twice <laughs> and it's like god it's so weird um but yeah it it was it was interestingly it was interesting enough that i got through it in in less than a week well where i was mainly going with that was i I know that was a 30-hour book and you were able to read it in basically from north dakota to west virginia so roughly two days well yeah yeah we'll say roughly two days I still haven't finished it during the full 18 hour drive to your place and 15 hours back. I still am like a good 15 hours away from the end of the book. (laughs) And it's been well over two years. (laughs) Well, the JFK thing has always interested me. So when I was listening to it, that's what really intrigued me to begin with. And then Mm -hmm. Um, like I told you, there's there's a a link to it in the story where he, where he goes to Derry in the past and mm-hmm. meets up with with um oh what's the girl's name from it oh um, I I can't remember the characters now but um you know the worst part is like earlier. Uh, 
like the, earlier this afternoon uh, when I was working out, for some reason, I was repeating the scene in which her name, is, Bevy, Beverly. Bevy. Got it. Yeah. 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 That scene, Bevy. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was thinking about it today. Hmm. So it, it, it's it's just fascinating. He meets them it, and to, to see how Stephen King has kind of linked all of his his books in the Dark Tower series even mm-hmm. um is, is probably more so than all of the other books. Oh yeah, absolutely. But this one was like very specific. I went he went to Derry, he heard about the quote unquote murders that went on or or people going missing, whatever. Um it, it was just fascinating. Just how he had linked it all together and, and all to the, the conclusion of stopping the, the JFK assassination. Right. So with that being said, if you get a chance, I know you didn't get like the guy's voice, but I highly recommend 112263, whether you read the book or listen to the audio book. Yeah, I know. I definitely want to finish it. Still have to finish it first but then i can finish it you can finish it and finish it (laughs) exactly (laughs) but the the fascinating another fascinating thing about this book is this guy is going through all of the conspiracy theories that that have been named and and he goes in search of if lee harvey oswald was the the lone gunman and to to really be sure before he's going to stop this um from happening but with all the the spirit the conspiracy theories that i went through um any that you can remember off the top of your head that you didn't find in any research or the lone gunman theory what are what are your thoughts on the JFK assassination. Do you do you feel Oswald was by himself, or do you think it was a cover up of some kind? I mean, it's it's hard to say because I mean, I feel like there are facts that can lead somebody in either direction, uh, and so I can't say that you know that he would have been willing to do it completely on his own, and I can't say that he wouldn't be willing to do so uh obviously the the big theory that i knew i think the longest at least like growing up was that he was like working for the cia he was basically putting a hit out for them and he was he didn't know it necessarily but he's basically the expendable that the cia threw out there uh to do the job uh meaning he like he said he was the patsy Right, exactly. Which is which is weird because I feel like a CIA agent, unless you know they weren't as good as they say they are, uh, probably would have been able to do the assassination and never be seen or caught in any manner. Mm-hmm. You know, so the only thing then would be catching Oswald, like making sure that he got caught, so that they can spin the story any way uh, necessary instead of just leaving it open as you know because if you just leave it open naturally conspiracy theories are going to be formed anyway uh so you gotta kind of close it off i suppose 
in that right. situation. And have you heard the the? I'm sure you've probably seen the articles about how people are saying that they feel that JFK was a reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we've actually talked about it once or twice. I think once. Okay. Um, I, I couldn't remember if we had mentioned it or not, but that's, that's an interesting thing in and of itself, just because it, both were going for, um, rights for, for African-Americans. Um, both were against the federal reserve. Um, some of the things that differ are Kennedy was known for trying to crack down on, um, organized crime. Um, I don't believe, uh, Abraham Lincoln was, but I don't know for sure. Um, both of them were assassination by a shot to the head. Um, I can't remember how it goes, but, um, Abraham Lincoln's assassin fled the theater and went to, I believe, a warehouse, and Lee Harvey Oswald fled a warehouse and got caught at a theater. Right. Um, and both of them were, were Southerners, the assassins. So, so you know, that's and, and I think that in and, of, in and of itself is odd because then it's like they both had been reincarnated at the exact same time to be destined to do the exact same thing. Well, that's the interesting part. They don't talk about Lee Harvey Oswald being the reincarnation of, oh uh, gosh, what the, the, the guy's name that killed Abraham Lincoln. Um, It'll come to me. Um, but they they talk about how Abraham Lincoln was the the reincarnation. I'm sorry, uh, JFK was the reincarnation of, J of Abraham Lincoln. But it would be interesting if both were reincarnations of those those other two. So JFK was the reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln and Lee Harvey Oswald was the the John Wilkes Booth. That's right. Who killed Abraham Lincoln? Um, now that also depends on your belief if you believe in reincarnation. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and why? You know, I mean, obviously, with that kind of thing, there's going to be questions as to why, why reincarnate, you know, the same individual to do the same thing to the same person later on, but you know, one and done, right? If that's right. the same person. Um, so that is really, you know, I, I think that would just incorporate more conspiracy theories, of course. It's just, it's one of those ripple effects. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, and I, I think the biggest thing to take from that is history does repeat itself. It does. It seems, I mean, it, looking at today and stuff we talked about on the last episode and then just over the years you know with various terrorist uh, acts and whatnot it's just constantly constantly repetitive repetitive uh motion everything's circular around nothing goes in a straight line in this case well and 
I think uh, the the theory on time has come such a long way too because from way back when people always thought time was just a straight line now many theorists are saying it's it's not a straight line it it branches it it goes different directions and it it's not the the, the straight line that we think of um right well so i just thought of something uh i guess whether you believe in god or some other even most you know scientific means possible for the reason behind creation uh it seems to me like what one possibility is that there was a time frame of what would be the beginning and the end in scripture and it's almost like the beginning is obviously the beginning where everything was created and the end always goes up to a certain point in time and then something tragic happens and time is reborn and a whole new generation of people who evolve, quote unquote. Uh, so we're talking about Stone Age and Bronze Age and you know all that yeah. stuff and upward, upward. Um, continue down the same path from beginning to end. And then that ends and we go into a new age and so on and so forth. And we see that every so many generations where a whole new system is redone. And I wonder if we were to look back through time, even at the most minuscule things and see if it actually is repetitive in the way one time or I guess space and time ends and another begins revolutions things like that, you know, like it's kind of, I don't know, possible, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. All right, folks, that is pretty much all we've got for the JFK assassination. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but I, I think I, I covered it relatively quickly, and there are so many other theories out there, so I want you guys to do the research and come to us with your with your findings and what you believe, because, I mean, with all of the theories out there, all of them cannot be right, or they all could be. Who knows? Um, so make sure you're reaching out to us, you know, at, at paratruth.com. We're on all the social medias. Uh, you can reach out to us on our email, which is paratruthradio at gmail.com. Um, check us out on evergreen podcasts, killerpodcast.com and all the other shows that are on there. But until next week where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric.
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 